the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend is producing, Clark Hilton Engineering, and Dan Rice has given up the use of his office for the sake of the cause. Today we'll share you, with you the latest from Governor Brown. She's issued an executive order. We'll let you know what's in that. We're also going to share the Christian outlook. Dr. Albert Moeller is going to bring analysis of what the U.S. Supreme Court decision means and why it matters, these um, uh, several decisions. And Don Crow and historian Victor Davis Hansen, one of my favorite columnists, compare the turbulent 60s to the 20s. And Gina Garacci talks with pastor and author Bodie Bachman uh, about the left's aggressive advance of their worldview. All of that's coming up in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. We're also going to take a look at the lighter side of the news, and James Blend will join me to do just that in the second half of this hour. Well, as I mentioned, Oregon Governor Kate Brown today announced that the state's going to reopen by no later than Wednesday, June the 30th. Well, the governor's new executive order will lift all remaining COVID-19 health and safety restrictions by the 30th of June. Well, the new executive order is um, her latest. Uh, She says the health and safety restrictions uh, that she had anticipated would be reached Uh, would be lifted when Oregon reached 70 percent. The first dose vaccination rate for adults um, is still in place or the 30th of June, whichever comes first. The governor said, I'm proud of our collective efforts to vaccinate more than 2.3 million Oregonians. It's because of this success that we can move Oregon forward and into the next chapter of this pandemic. We are ready, the governor said. She also went on to say, with restrictions lifted, Oregon will focus on helping residents and communities recover from the impacts of the global pandemic. We should all take pride in the work we have done to bring us to this moment, uh, Governor Brown said. The efforts underway to close our vaccine equity gap and reach every Oregonian with information and a vaccine have definitely uh, helped bring us this far. Thank you all uh, who are um, going to the extra mile to vaccinate Oregonians, end quote. Well, under the new recovery order, masks will no longer be required statewide, but they will still be required in some places under federal guidance, including airports, public transportation and healthcare settings. Now, let me repeat that because this will be important on either June the 30th or when we've reached that 70% threshold, whichever comes first. Under the new recovery order, masks will no longer be required statewide, but they will still be required in some places under federal guidance, airports, public transportation, and healthcare settings. Now, the governor's office said the order will effectively rescind her previous executive orders that authorized restrictions on businesses, schools, and other sectors. It also extends the emergency declaration for the pandemic to provide resources for vaccination efforts. Oregon access to FEMA, enhanced SNAP benefits, and other federal aid 
to allow the continued operation of uh, certain emergency child care providers through the summer, unemployment insurance, claim processing, and more. The governor's emergency authority will be focused on COVID-19 recovery efforts. Well, the governor's office said K-12 schools, higher education, and child care will shift to a more traditional local decision-making model for communities. The Oregon Department of Education and the Oregon Health Authority, they're going to be issuing updated guidance for the 2021-22 school year in order to ensure a return to full-time in-person instruction this fall. Brighter days are ahead, the governor says, and we are more determined uh, than ever to make sure we... um, ground our state in a strong recovery that reaches every single Oregonian as we turn a page on the chapter of the pandemic. Our work is not done, but we can all take a moment to celebrate that by next week, we will be moving forward together. The governor's uh, recovery order will remain in effect until December the 31st of this year. Meanwhile, pressure from Republicans, including former President Donald Trump, was not a factor in the decision by Vice President Kamala Harris' visit to El Paso, Texas on Friday after months of avoiding the U.S.-Mexico border region uh, amid a surge in immigration. A Harris spokesperson insisted on Thursday. Now, whether or not that's being believed, another matter. This administration does not take their uh, cues from Republican criticism nor from the former president of the United States of America, Simone Sanders, a senior advisor for Harris, told reporters. We have said over a number of different occasions that she would go to the border. She has been before. She would go again. She would go when it was appropriate, when it made sense, end quote. Well, it made sense when voices on the left began Uh, to join theirs with those on the right, suggesting that the vice president needed to go to the border. Well, Harris has been accused of avoiding the border to preserve her political future. Her recent trip to Guatemala and Mexico seemed to do her no favors, and two awkward interviews after that trip made her absence from the border a national issue. Uh, U.S. uh, Representative Tony Gonzalez, a Republican out of Texas, recently told Fox News that former President Trump's decision to visit the border next week put Harris in an even more challenging spot. We've put political pressure on her for months and months and months to show up. You know, thankfully, former President Donald Trump is coming down and all of a sudden you put their um, head in a political vice and then they start moving, end quote. Well, the uh, vice president has gone 93 days without a visit to the border since being tapped for her role in that crisis. Well, the Surfside, Florida mayor on the building collapse says this, a tragedy beyond any of our imagination. It is a uh, very sad situation there. Charles Burkett, who is the uh, the mayor of Surfside, warned on Thursday that the worst has yet to come after the devastating collapse of the Champlain Towers in his South Florida town. We got the call at about 2 o'clock in the, this morning, and we came out and we've uh, got a modern building that just collapsed. A large modern building, 12 stories, 130-unit condominium on the ocean, collapsed. It looks like uh, there was an earthquake. It's inexplicable, and we are all scratching our heads trying to figure out what the problem is. He was speaking to Harris Faulkner on Outnumbered. We've got a tragedy here that's beyond any of our imagination. We've got 15 families out this morning in the middle of the night. We've got a third or more of the building that collapsed like a pancake that I don't even uh, want to think about what we'd find in that area. Well, dozens of rescuers continued searching for survivors into the night on Thursday with at least one person dead and 99 other people unaccounted for. That number continues to rise. Meanwhile, President Biden approved a federal emergency declaration after the Surfside building collapse. President Biden says that he won't sign the bipartisan spending deal without Democrats' infrastructure wish list. 
And that's a departure from what he said initially when he met with the bipartisan group offering an infrastructure plan that he embraced. Well, President Biden yesterday touted a new major bipartisan spending deal, but he warned he wouldn't sign the roughly $1 trillion in roads, bridges and broadband investment unless Congress passes a separate bill on human infrastructure filled with Democratic priorities on expanding the social safety net. If this bipartisan deal is the only one that comes to me, I'm not signing it, the president said at the White House. It's in tandem. Well, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, they've said the narrow bipartisan bill on traditional infrastructure must be paired with a sweeping new spending bill that could reach $6 trillion in order to secure the necessary votes for passage. The president backed their approach Thursday by saying he won't sign one into law without the other. I'm not just signing the bipartisan bill and forgetting about the rest that I propose, the president said, noting the human infrastructure part is equally important to the physical infrastructure proposal. The president uh, signaled both bills are needed to get support from his Democrat party, which holds uh, very slim majorities in the House and the Senate. But that does, in fact, contradict his support for the bipartisan proposal. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez ripped the Senate infrastructure negotiators, saying they lacked diversity, saying that's how you get GOP on board. Well, Manchin won't uh, commit to progressives' infrastructure wish list, putting passage in limbo. And Mitch McConnell observed uh, Biden's tale of two press conferences soured the rare bipartisan optimism on infrastructure. In one, he embraced the um, initiative, the uh, a bipartisan infrastructure plan saying he will support it on the other backtracking, suggesting that he'll only support it if the other side of his uh, infrastructure plan is also passed. Well, President Biden's behavior at his news conference caused a creepy Joe to trend on Twitter and an Illinois trio. Uh, they've been charged with beating and strangling a police officer over a traffic stop. U.S. Marshals in Arkansas nabbed a suspect in the shooting of a Texas police officer his girlfriend was also arrested. Well, Microsoft uh, has entered the next generation with Windows 11, and newly branded Aunt Jemima pancake mixes and syrups have hit the shelves. A fast food chain is offering teen managers $50,000 to combat their worker shortage, and FedEx has suspended service for 1,400 freight customers. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more headline news. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Uh, coming up, we're going to take a look at the lighter side of the news. So the next couple of segments, we'll do that. And we'll also share in the five o'clock hour, the Christian Outlook, some great uh, insight and interviews in that hour long program. So I hope you'll stick around for that as well. And by the way, James Blind will join me for the uh, lighter side of the news. Well, President Biden is facing heat for suggesting Latinos are all illegal. He also insulted blacks as he said, there's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated because they're used to being experimented on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Latinx being a sort of a made up word. Uh, anyway, why? Uh, they're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. The thing is, he'll just get a pass because, oh, that Uncle Joe, he just says stuff. <laughs> Nobody can get insulted when old Uncle Joe says stuff because, okay, we need him. Well, Make-A-Wish Foundation rejected all non-vaccinated children. So a child that is dying who isn't vaccinated and all of their family vaccinated as well gets turned away as their final memory. New Yorkers can now put X as gender on their driver's license. 
For liberals, science has no home. Wisconsin approved a measure to penalize cities that pull funding from police. The bill passed by the state Senate on the 9th of this month and approved 61 to 37 by the Assembly would withheld state aid payments from localities in direct proportion to any amount the local government reduces in its law enforcement budget. And the fallout from congratulating Andrew uh, or Andy No causes Winston Marshall to leave the band. Well, at the beginning of March, he tweeted to American journalist Andy No, author of the New York Times bestseller Unmasked, congratulations at Mr. Andy No. Uh, finally, had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man. Posting about books has been a theme of my social media throughout the pandemic. I believe this tweet to be as innocuous as the others. How wrong I turned out to be. Over the course of 24 hours, it was trending with tens of thousands of angry retweets and comments. I failed to foresee that my commenting on a book critical of the far left could be interpreted as approval of the equally abhorrent far right. Nothing could be further from the truth, he went on to write. Thirteen members of my family were murdered in the concentration camps of the Holocaust. My grandma, unlike her cousins, aunts, and uncles, survived. She and I were close. My family knows the evils of fascism painfully well. To say the least, to call me fascist was ludicrous beyond belief. And yet that's precisely how things stand today. Well, the Army has uh, backed away from reprimanding a chaplain who questioned the mental fitness of trans troops from that story. Calvert uh, stoked controversy in January when he wrote on a military newspaper's Facebook page, how is rejecting reality or biology not evidence that a person is mentally unfit or ill and thus making that person unqualified to serve? There is little difference in this than uh, over those who believe and argue for a flat earth despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary. Uh, Calvert, who is a chaplain with the 3rd Security Force Assistance Brigade uh, in Fort Hood, continued, The motivation is different, but the argument is the same. This person is a med board for mental wellness waiting to happen. What a waste of military resources and funding. But stating the obvious is no longer acceptable. President Biden and Nancy Pelosi made it clear that the bipartisan infrastructure bill is a bait and switch. Most politicians at least wait to uh, uh, a decent interval to pull a double cross. But Ms. Pelosi and Mr. Biden are trying to prevent a revolt on the left. So they are now holding a bipartisan deal hostage to the left's demands. Well, this is political blackmail aimed at Democrats like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who are part of the bipartisan Senate gang of 10. Unless they sign on to all of the progressive tax and spend agenda, they won't get their bipartisan deal. And Mr. Biden and progressives will blame them for the failure. Now, this is remarkable bad faith, even for Washington. We'll have uh, more to say about the details of the bipartisan deal as they emerge. But Thursday's comments make clear this exercise isn't the bipartisan at all. The Pelosi-Biden political goal is to use this Senate deal as leverage to jam through the rest of their progressive wish list. National Review has this to say about it. While this framework deserves to be rejected on the substance alone, it doesn't get to the heart of the matter, which is that this entire process is a charade. Democrats have made their plans very clear. They want to move the bipartisan plan through the Senate on a parallel track with a reconciliation bill stuffed with liberal wish list items that will be rammed through on a pure party line basis. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said both bills would be moved through the Senate next month. And Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the House would not even consider acting on the bipartisan bill unless the far left one also passes the Senate. Meanwhile, uh, Ted Cruz um, 
uh, bill bans federal funding of critical race theory. With Democrats in charge, it will go nowhere, but he's giving it some effort. MailChimp has suspended Babylon B for harmful information. And here's uh, how the how it um, how it goes. Comedy that insults the right. That's fair game. It's comedy. Comedy that targets the left. Well, that's harmful and cannot be tolerated. Make note of it. President Biden's Department of Justice plans to sue the state of Georgia over their voting uh, restrictions or integrity. Nancy Pelosi is feigning great solemnity and sadness as she announced a select committee to investigate the January 6th assault on the Capitol, uh, garnering leverage for the midterm and the 2024 election, which is what it's really all about. And lawmakers make progress on policing uh, overhaul, uh, but strike no deal before the Senate's vacation. Well, the CDC again extends the eviction moratorium by a month. Why? Couldn't tell you. Rudy Giuliani is suspended from practicing law in New York. Well, in national security and intel analysis, the Afghan government could collapse six months after U.S. troops withdraw. That's according to The Hill. And U.S., uh, the U.S., will keep about 650 troops in Afghanistan. I'm not sure if that will prevent what the intel analysis suggests will happen. The U.S. plans to admit asylum seekers whose cases were closed during the Trump administration, and the Biden administration walked back U.S. recognition of the Golan Heights as Israeli territory. What a difference an election makes. Well, the Joint Chiefs Chair, General Mark Miley, uh, defended teaching critical race theory at West Point. It's a rather interesting analysis. New York adds a third gender option to birth certificates and licenses. And the American Medical Association has endorsed the removal of sex altogether as a designation on birth certificates. Brandeis University lists policemen and congressmen on oppressive language, their list. Well, nearly 100 are feared missing in the uh, rubble of the collapsed condo in Surfside, Florida. And a key inflation indicator posts the biggest year-over-year gain in nearly three decades. Well, the judge is going to allow a stripped-down Fulton County ballot review case to move forward. And America's uh, continued move towards socialism. Just half of younger Americans now hold a positive view of capitalism. Well, hospitals are not complying with uh, price transparency rules guess that's not altogether surprising. Well, on this day in history, 1876, Lieutenant Colonel George Custer and his 7th Cavalry, uh, Cavalry rather, are wiped out by Sioux and Cheyenne Indians in the Battle of the Little Bighorn in Montana. 1910, President William Howard Taft signs the White Slave Traffic Act, more popularly known as the Mann Act, which makes it illegal to transport women across state lines for immoral immoral purposes. The 1947 on this day in history, the diary of a young girl, the personal journal of Anne Frank, a German born Jewish girl hiding with her family from the Nazis in Amsterdam during World War II is first published by her father. 1950 war breaks out in Korea as forces from the communist North invade the South. Fast forward to 2009, North Korea vows to enlarge its atomic arsenal and warns of a fire shower of nuclear retaliation in the event of a U.S. attack as the regime marks the 1950 outbreak of the Korean War. And finally, on this day in history, 2018, facing rising costs from new tariffs, Harley-Davidson announces that it would begin shifting the production of motorcycles sold in Europe from the United States to factories overseas. President Trump accused the company at the time of waving a white flag in the tariff dispute between the U.S. and the European Union. 
Well, trust in uh, media in the United States has hit an all-time low. Americans don't trust the mainstream news media, uh, which uh, should come as a surprise to almost no one. However, new data from Reuters' latest digital news report shows the degree to which Americans don't trust the mainstream media, at least in relation to uh, people in the rest of the world. The U.S. comes in dead last, ranking 46th out of 46. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Up next, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. Stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. James is going to join me in just a moment. We'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. But I did want to share this breaking news story. Deverick uh, Schauburn, the former police officer, has been sentenced to 22 years in prison for the murder of George Floyd. Um, that was earlier today. He was found guilty in April of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. The former police officer is seen in a video at the arrest kneeling on Floyd's neck. We all are familiar with that image. He spoke briefly during his sentencing hearing on Friday. I want to give my condolences to the Floyd family, Chauvin said. There's going to be some other information in the future that would be of interest, and I hope uh, things will give you some peace of mind, he added. Uh, before he was sentenced. Well, just ahead of the hearing, Chauvin's post-verdict motion for a new trial was denied by the Hennepin uh, County District uh, Court Judge Peter Cahill. Cahill ruled on Thursday night that Chauvin failed to demonstrate uh, the uh, court abused its discretion or committed error, such as uh, that the defendant was deprived of his constitutional right to a fair trial. Also want to remind you, coming up in the second hour of today's program, we're going to share the Christian outlook. You'll hear from Dr. Albert Moeller, Don Crow, historian Victor Davis Hansen, and Bodie Bachman, Bachman rather, about the left's aggressive advance of their worldview. All of that coming up in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. Well, James, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, nice to be able to step out of the oven for a moment and uh, <laughs> return back in and... Uh, you know, of course, the old line uh, about this weekend, you know, everyone's saying, well, it's a dry heat. Yeah, it's you, a dry heat in the oven as well, but you can still I, get I was going to say, you, well can bake it, you, can, you, can, you can bake a turkey in dry heat, too. Absolutely. I'm going to leave that alone, though, because baking a turkey, I could go so many different directions. But I'm not going to because I'm now 65, I'm more mature, and I can handle that kind of uh, opening and not to not go with it. Really? Since when? <laughs> well, just since I turned 65. I'm much wiser now. I mean, I'm just oozing wisdom. I haven't actually physically seen you, but when I do see you in a couple of weeks and we start broadcasting live from the studio, um, it's a little messy. I'm just oozing wisdom, so be prepared. That's what, two weeks from today? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited. I'm kind of counting. I'll be honest, I'm kind of counting down. Yeah, I'm making a checklist, though. Okay, check one, brush teeth, check two, you know, all the stuff that... Um, you may or may not have done every single day of the pandemic. I'm just saying. I, I'm, while, I'm, I'm next on the working through work clothes that still fit uh, well, stage, figuring that. out which of those are which. Yeah, that's on the list, too, of figuring out. Now, what went with that? I, I know I wore things when I went into the office. I just can't figure out what they were. I mean, I've gone into the office a handful of times in the last year and a half, but I, I can assure you that it pretty much all times it's been like T-shirt and jeans. So it, yeah. It, yeah, I really actually have to look for what quote unquote <laughs> work clothes. It's somewhere in the house. We'll find yes. it. Yes. Okay. While Pope Francis is usually the star at Vatican uh, gatherings, Spider-Man, or at least an Italian who dressed up like the character, was the attention grabber among the public lined up uh, in rows during the uh, pontiff's weekly Wednesday audience. Now, who would you have to be to show up 
in a Spider-Man outfit. Well, Mateo Valadartito or something very like that. She's 28. Should know better. Donned the comic book and movie superhero outfit to uh, cheer up hospitalized children like those at the Vatican's pediatric hospital, which he planned to visit later in the day. Well, sweating under his costume in Rome's uh, heat wave, uh, he said that he asked uh, Pope Francis to pray for the children and their families. The man told APTV that he gave Francis a uh, spare mask as a sign to tell him that through these uh, eyes, I daily see pain from sick children in hospitals. Well, he said with a costumed arm, he reached out and touched the, the uh, Pope who wore uh, no mask against COVID-19 on the back uh, of, uh, of his arm as he greeted the pontiff. Uh, he also said it was very exciting because Pope Francis immediately understood his mission. He took uh, selfies with the uh, youngsters attending the audience in a, the Vatican courtyard, and I guess everybody was uh, was happy. Well, the Vatican described uh, the individual as a really good superhero and quoted him as saying that during Italy's long months of pandemic lockdown, he made more than 1,400 video calls since he was, uh, wasn't able to visit in person to help ailing children smile. But it takes some nerve to uh, show up. Uh, in a Spider-Man outfit to see the Pope. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm thinking it, he just seems more of a Batman type. I, I have no idea. I'm making that up, <laughs> well, but maybe, maybe so. I, just, I don't really know. You, you know, Marvel versus DC. It's the battle that never ends. So I, I don't know. It, he could be a DC guy. You just don't know. Yeah. We may never know. Nope. Well, a woman wore a Hawaiian shirt to 264 Zoom meetings and no one noticed. Now, which is more brazen, Batman and, or excuse me, Spider-Man in front of the Pope or 265 Zoom meetings wearing the exact same shirt? Well, the woman attempted to prank her former co-workers by wearing the same Hawaiian shirt to hundreds of their meetings. But the joke ended up being on her. The resident of Washington, D.C., whom Inside Edition identified only as Jackie, said she wore the shirt 264 remote meetings between the 2nd of April of 2020 to June 16th of 2021. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I wore this shirt again? Like that would be a funny joke and everyone would say something. Well, sadly, no one said anything. And then she thought, well, I'm going to keep doing this until someone notices and no one ever did. Well, keeping the gag going despite the lack of reaction wasn't easy. I had some real ups and downs like the first month. I was like, this is really funny. Then I'd be like, oh, she wasn't oh, but she was like oh, as they say these days. I'm still wearing this, and then it'd be, well, funny again. She wore the same Hawaiian shirt, 265, or excuse me, 264 Zoom meetings. The reaction was um, not what she expected. When she told her uh, her team that she had been wearing the same shirt, they didn't know that um, what she was talking about. They hadn't noticed. I mean, who pays attention to what people are wearing in these meetings unless something untoward happens? The intern literally said, on purpose? So there's that kind of backfired. Well, based on uh, based rather on recent TikTok post, Jackie seems more surprised that people are noticing now. However, she told Inside Edition she has yet to wear the shirt uh, to her new job, which apparently she has now started. So have you been wearing a variety of things uh, in your meetings, James? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny there. Um, I was thinking about this as you're talking about the story, and I do keep a a work type T-shirt uh, uh, not T-shirt, but a button-up shirt, not too far from me here in the office, just in case a Zoom meeting pops up. But uh, and they do sometimes on a semi-moments notice. But um, I have, as for fun, on 
when we've had like back to back Zoom meetings, I've changed my shirt in between those two meetings to see if anybody would notice that. And uh, it was picked up every time I did it by the same person on our staff. <laughs> yeah, you might want to give this girl a call and give her some pointers on how to be how to be noticed. I guess so. Or well, the coworkers of observational skills, I guess. Well, there you go. Firefighters broke through a wall in New York to rescue a 14-year-old girl who was trapped inside a clothing store dressing room that used to be a bank vault. Whoa! Whose bright idea was that? Well, the Port Jefferson Fire Department said crews responded alongside the Terryville Fire Department in Suffolk County Police Department and others. Uh, The teenager um, said that she had been shopping with her family when her seven-year-old brother pushed the uh, propped steel door vault uh, the steel vault door that leads to the uh, changing area closed with her on the other side. And this is a really bad idea for whoever the retailer was. Her family and the store's employees soon discovered that the door would not reopen. Well, the girl's mother called 911, and the rest of the story I suppose you can imagine. But apparently they had a uh, vault for their dressing rooms. The door was never intended to be closed, but it could be closed. And then you had uh, one of their, what would have been a patron, I suppose, or someone shopping and perhaps making a purchase, being locked inside and having to be retrieved by law enforcement and firefighters. Again, from the Institute of Bad Planning. Not a great idea. Well, a a British teenager has folded 1,000 origami cranes in nine and a half hours for a Guinness World Record. Now, this might have been surprising a year and a half ago, but you think about a teenager who's been deprived of the opportunity to attend classes with his classmates, his or her classmates, Uh, And I guess this isn't quite as um, surprising as it might otherwise be. He unofficially broke the Guinness World Record by folding the thousand origami cranes in nine hours and 31 minutes. Um, It's Evelyn Chia um, folded the uh, paper birds at her parents' restaurant, Chinatown, and reached her goal of 1,000 in nine hours and 31 minutes. I didn't take any rests not to eat, drink, or go to the restroom, she says. The record attempt uh, served as a fundraiser for a charity group which supports uh, healthcare workers. She said she decided to seek the Guinness title after learning the uh, current record stood at about 12 hours. And she thought, eh, I can take care of that. So another record being broken by an isolated and bored teenager. That's how it always works out. Hey, we need to take a quick break. We'll be back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. A reminder, the Christian outlook in our second hour. Well, a mall in Hong Kong broke a Guinness World Record when it commissioned the building of a Rubik's Cube measuring 8.2 feet on each side. The Nina Mall in uh, Hong Kong had a giant puzzle cube constructed on its premises and Guinness World Records shared a time-lapsed video of the construction. That was kind of interesting. The functioning Rubik's Cube measures 8 feet, 2.4 inches on each side. The previous record holder created by British puzzle maker Tony Fisher measured 6 feet, 7 inches on each side. So if you happen to, uh, uh, to go to Hong Kong, you might want to check that out in the mall. And a British man and his wife, who were, is nearly... Uh, two feet taller than him, um, were awarded a Guinness World Record for greatest height differential of a married couple. Now, James and Chloe Lusted, uh, they married in 2016. They were awarded the Guinness Record in the different uh, sexes taller women category after their heights were verified at three feet seven inches for James and five feet five inches for Chloe, a difference of one foot 
10 inches. Well, James Lusted is 33. He's an actor and TV host. He met Chloe 27, a teacher, through friends in 2012. He was born with the, the diastrophic dysplasia, a rare type of dwarfism that affects bones and cartilage development. Our love story has taught us and taught others that you can't judge a book by its cover and just to love the person no matter who they are. I don't think you can choose who you fall in love with, Chloe Lusted said. I'm going to leave that statement alone because I think there's an answer to that. Off, uh, often misused uh, line. But anyway, there's even a category for difference in height. A Wisconsin cheese business said it unofficially broke its own Guinness World Record by creating a string cheese that measures more than 3,800 feet long. Now, James, you got a comment. 3,800 feet of cheese. String cheese, no less. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, typically that's mozzarella cheese, so that, that that's good, but not quite big enough in my opinion. Oh, it should yeah, be I like my mozzarella. Oh, I love my mozzarella cheese. Don't yeah, I do actually you know, like I, that. Too. I, I I could sit there and probably uh, snack on those uh, those string cheeses all day if you let me. Yeah, that's a oh. that's a that's a thirty eight hundred. Uh, that's whoa, thirty eight football fields or thereabouts. Something like that. <laughs> well, I know what to get you for Christmas now. Yes, you do. Well, well the cheesemaker was celebrating June Dairy Month by creating a string cheese that measured thirty eight hundred thirty two feet. Uh, nearly doubling the 2006 record. Maybe next year we can send you to Wisconsin so you can enjoy some of that um, produce. Well, a boat captain in Michigan discovered a message in a bottle from 1926 at the bottom of a river and later was able to speak with the daughter of its creator. Jennifer Dowker, owner of Glass Bottom Boat Tour Company, Nautical North Family Adventures, said she was scuba diving on the, well, somewhere in a river back in June. 18th, to clean the windows at the bottom of the boat. Well, she said she often looks at the floor of the river while um, diving to see if there are any items that might be of interest to her customers. She just collects little bottles that um, she finds uh, on the ground in the river when she's diving pretty often, actually. Well, she spotted a tiny green bottle on the 18th of June on a dive, soon realized there was a piece of paper inside. Well, the note was dated November 1926 and read, Will the person who finds this bottle return this paper to George Morrow Cheboygan uh, in Michigan and tell where you found it? Well, a Dowker, the uh, boat owner, posted photos of her discovery to her company's Facebook page, and the post quickly went viral. She woke up the next morning and had a lot of messages from tons of different people saying, oh, this could be, uh, you know, so-and-so. Well, Dowker says that she didn't have um, to conduct much of a search as she received a phone call on Father's Day from Michelle Primo, 74, who said she had been contacted by someone who saw the Facebook post and did research at Ancestry.com. She emailed me pictures of the letter, and as soon as she saw it, she knew it was her father's handwriting, and it was found in Sheboygan. He was born in Sheboygan, lived there until um, his 20s. It was also interesting because uh, he threw the letter in the river in November, and his birthday is in November. Well, the daughter of her now-deceased father said her father had died in 95, was known for leaving written messages in unexpected places, this being one of them. I remember when we were changing the... Uh, medicine cabinet in our bathroom and we found a message that my dad had written on the wall <laughs> so quite a feat to discover who had written it and the uh the daughter of that same individual i guess social media can be pretty helpful it's nice to have a slightly happier ending than that weird one from a couple weeks ago where it turned yeah out it was a that, hoax that was an absolute hoax yeah yeah 
Well, here's this, a Chicago bus driver looking for a way to relieve stress during the coronavirus pandemic jumped into Lake Michigan for a 365th straight day on Saturday. Dan O'Connor said he started jumping into the lake at Montrose Harbor on the city's north side last year to relieve stress. It was during the pandemic. It was during the protest. It was during an election year. So it was somewhere where I could come down here and block all of those um, noises out and kind of be totally present with me in the lake and find some moments of, well, he said, zen. Again, I'll just leave it at that. He's the father of three, and apparently he found some solace in just stepping away. Apparently nobody told him to jump in the lake. He just did it because, well, the noise around him seemed to suggest that would be a good idea. He continued jumping into the lake through the fall before the hard part, um, hacking a, a, a hole in the ice on the frozen lake that was big enough for him to jump through during the winter. He said when he got home after uh, one such jump, he found about 20 scales uh, and cuts or rather scrapes and cuts on his body. Let's hope they weren't scales. He was becoming a fish. He was encouraged by the response he got uh, from his um, for his undertaking. People started asking him what he, this was uh, benefiting and how they could support. And when I say people, I'm talking strangers online. When he started uh, posting the videos on Twitter and Instagram, he got more uh, wind in his sails. Uh, there were people starting to comment like, this makes my day. It's nice to see this and so on. So he felt better. Others felt better. And uh, aside from the scrapes and cuts, he made it through. Well, that's some extremes. I mean, especially the uh, cutting holes in the ice. In the ice. I mean, going down is one thing. Coming back up through that very hole is another. Well, police in the Ukraine said they were uh, summoned to an apartment in which a woman discovered a very large snake lurking under her bed. Now, the Kharkiv Region Patrol Police said in a Facebook post that officers responded Monday to the apartment uh, on a report of a snake inside. The officers arrived at the residence and discovered a six-and-a-half-foot python under the woman's bed. The citizen couldn't explain how the snake got into her home. This is what scares me the most. They just show up. Nobody has any explanation. The officer uh, captured the python in a bucket and took it to a nearby zoo where the veterinarians estimated it was about two years old. Two years old, six-and-a-half feet. The snake was given some food and determined to be in good health. The snake is believed to be an escaped pet, which is usually the case. If you're going to have a python, a snake of any kind, you need to be able to contain that creature in whatever enclosure uh, you have because these uh, sightings are just a bit, just a bit much. Yeah, I don't even, you know, it, it just, I mean, I guess it's better than snakes on a plane, but. Not really into. I'm not afraid of snakes, but I think the you know, the these sightings. I don't know that that would go well for me either. Even six and a half foot python, yeah, uh, no. under the bed. That would not go well. No, would not that, go that, well. You know, it probably you doesn't know, end a, well for the python either. Yeah. Well, this one did fairly well. You know, there's been a lot of pressure to uh, get people to take the vaccines related to COVID-19. Well, in one place, um, Meatpacker JBS, they were the ones that were hacked recently. You might recall. If you want free meat for a year, get a COVID shot. That's Meatpacker JBS SA. On Thursday, it's going to give away beef, pork, and chicken for the next year to 50 U.S. families that participate in company-sponsored vaccination clinics over the coming weeks. I mean, there are people who really want people to get the vaccination and are willing to uh, offer significant bribes to do so. The Brazilian company's arm in the United States and Pilgrim's Pride, a U.S. chicken company mostly owned by JBS, came under fire last year as thousands of meatpacking workers fell sick with COVID-19. 
Uh, U.S. processing plants temporarily shut down to contain outbreaks, tightening meat supplies and raising prices. Well, the company said nearly 70 percent of their 66,000 U.S. employees are now fully vaccinated and that they hope the meat giveaways encourage residents in rural areas, not just employees around their facilities to get their shots. So there you have it. Meat for having a vaccine in the arm. Wow. Is there no end? Hey, we're out of time, James. Uh, We need to take a break for news and traffic here at the top of the hour. When we come back, you'll hear the Christian Outlook. Dr. Albert Moeller, Don Crow, Gino Garcetti, and uh, Vodi Bakum all will be featured with some great topics. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ.